Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Carter Pilcher founded Shorts International in 2000, coming from a background in both investment banking as well as law. Carter's made Shorts International the world's leading short movie entertainment company, functioning as a, a distributor, broadcaster, and producer. He joins us every year to talk about the shorts program for the Academy Award, uh, the, the finalist in the Academy Award categories of live action, documentary, and animation. And every year I say the same thing, and I'll say it this year for sure, that this is some of the best films you will see all year. And you can watch this by going to shorts.tv as a good place to start. Carter, is that right? Do I have that correct? Yes, exactly. If you want to go see the films, we're we're bringing them to any theater that's open this year. So we're uh, normally we're in six or 700 theaters, but we're going to be in about 300 starting on the 2nd of April. So you can go- uh, brick, and, brick and mortar we're talking here? Brick or? and mortar, uh, often uh, less numbers, smaller numbers, but we're, we're in at least 300, 350 theaters across the country. Well, that's breaking Opening news. That, on that's the second. It's okay, really fantastic. So that yes. is today. You can go, you can see them. Uh, would the would shorts.tv be a good place to find out yes. all the theaters? If you go to Shorts TV, you go find out which if you're which cinemas are showing them near you. Okay. Uh, if there are no cinemas showing them near you, check out the theater that you normally go to because uh, we've allowed all the cinemas that are closed to sell them uh, via their virtual cinema page. So we don't want any audiences, any of our audiences to miss out. We, you know, we're one of the best things about the Oscar shorts, honestly, is that we build up an amazing audience who come year in, yes. year out. And they're, they're really dedicated fans. So we didn't, even though we don't know if we're going to, the shorts are going to even do well because of the, the capacity limitations, right. the uh, pandemic, all that, we're bringing them back to our audiences, back to our theaters, making sure everybody gets a chance to see them if they want to. Great. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, the Lemley Theater chain would was a virtual, uh, has a virtual platform. Cinema, for all, pl cinema. And a virtual platform. And I think they're trying, some of them are even trying to open a little bit in, yeah. in Los Angeles. We're going to have a few theaters that are showing them in Los Angeles. Fantastic. And there That's are a great. number, there are a number of virtual uh, cinema platforms. If you're listening to the sound of her voice in Texas, I believe Alamo, and you can go online. It's not like you have to physically be in the area to watch them. So check this out. And Alamo draft houses are one of our big cinemas in, in Texas. And they always, uh, always show the shorts and they'll be doing virtual cinema. Some of their cinemas will be open. Well, this is the, for me, the, the, the hard part is where do we begin? Because we've got live action, we've got uh, documentary shorts, and we've also got animation. Animation tend to be the kind of feel good part of the program, uh, but there is such a variety in this year's, all these different categories have some incredibly uplifting films and some films that will make you want to cry. I'm not, I don't, and I can, but they're great. They're really this year. I'm just so thrilled. So where would you like to start? Carter, do you have a preference? Uh, you, um, uh, okay. Uh, we can do fun or serious. Let's start with live action. Great. Okay. Okay. I will start with, uh, 
feeling through which it's a beautiful film very well done lovely 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 film it's a great story would you uh, if you want me to i'll tell you kind of the basic the track yeah Yeah. uh lovely film a uh it's the lead is a deaf guy and he plays it's a very beautiful story both about race looking at it in a different in a way that's unusual and not confrontational but also in a it stars a blind actor and he plays an amazing part and shows the transcendence of of the human spirit in a sense the the ability of people from very different backgrounds very different circumstances to really reach a a friendship a very important friendship without the ability to talk or barely the ability to communicate. It's a, yeah. it's just a lovely, amazing film. Cher, I don't know if you heard this, but Cher watched it and she tweeted about it and said she was watching it and it made her laugh and cry at the same time. And that's exactly the way you feel when you watch Feeling Through. It's a yeah. lovely film. This is Doug Rowland's film on director. And as, as yeah, and just what you said, it's beautiful. By the way, there's another thing about this year's group of films in all categories. There is a real feel of diversity in this year's batch of films. So happy to see it, and, and it plays out in, in these films as well. So another one, this is kind of a what I would think would be considered kind of a higher profile film in that you have Oscar Isaac and Alia Shakat. As, the, as two of the actors in it. This film is called The Letter Room. It's directed by Oscar Isaac's wife, Elvira Lind. Elvira. Yes, Elvira Lind. Elvira is a documentary director normally, Yeah, but she has decided that instead of documenting real life, she's going to document her husband acting. and she does a fabulous job of telling a story of life in a prison oscar isaac is a key character and and really supposedly the story is that he went to all the trouble of of going to the prison and learning how and spending a lot of time figuring out how you do it and how you know and so it's a very realistic acting job and an amazing story really lovely bridging yeah. heartwarming story beautifully acted it's a it, and it's it's uh probably the longest film in the bunch but it's also one of the stories that you don't realize is long at all it's a very it's a great story and about the guy prison guard who ends up being working in the letter room and he realizes that horrible things are happening but uh he thinks and he goes to fix them and learns out that what he thought was happening isn't exactly what's happening. And then it changes him. And he yeah. makes some very important changes in his own life, which, you know, is really what story storytelling is about in a sense is telling, showing a story and helping the character and your audience realize, wow, that in this case, kindness is such an important characteristic and such an important uh, virtue. It, it was a great, very yeah. well, by the way, and by the way, kindness plays out in a lot of different ways in a lot of these films. And uh, by the way, I had Elvira on for Bobby Jean for that documentary, and I right. really liked it a lot. I thought she did a wonderful job with that. Fantastic. She's a very, very uh, talented filmmaker, I have to say. Yeah. And she, you know, and to 
to go last year uh, in this same category, live action, we had a well-known documentarian, uh, Marshall Curry, uh, who had been nominated the year before as a short documentary documentarian, win the category as a live action filmmaker. So there is a nice flow through between making documentaries and making live action shorts. And, and that's kind of a fun thing about this piece also. Vira's made yeah. lots of docs and now yeah. trying out filming. Is that a, a change in perception of the short form? And I've seen other filmmakers make short films besides Marshall Curry yes. and, and um, Elvira. And I, it feels, and I'll just say this, not knowing for sure that this is true, but it feels like there's an, a greater appreciation of short, the short form format. Oh, well, this year is an amazing year. We have a film that's directed by Pedro Almodovar, who was nominated for an Oscar last year. Fabulous director, very well-known filmmaker from Spain, starring Tilda Swinton, who won an Oscar for Michael Clayton years ago. Brilliant actress, amazing film. Then there's a film, there, there was a qualified film with Julianne Moore and Don Cheadle. Uh, that was kind of an amazing film it didn't get nominated it didn't get shortlisted but it was very well made so the the answer to your question are film are short films moving in in the world of what people do to something that that more and more big filmmakers are doing the answer is absolutely yes documentarians are making them big stars big directors short film is really becoming the place to be uh one of the biggest film stars in india was in one that was qualified and competing for an oscar uh, vidya balan so it's a it's a big place the biggest star in the middle east is in a film called the present by the way i believe you're talking about sally brock Bakri. yeah he, who is in the present who does an amazing job and I'm going to lavish some praise on our, our guest today, Carter Pilcher, by saying this is in no small part due to the profile of short films. And you've certainly been one of the, if not the most important person in terms of raising the profile of short films in the short film format. So congratulations. Well, thank you very much. It's very exciting. Uh, one of the things, and I'm just going to take your cue on the present. One of the things that was very interesting this year about the live action films is that two of them are from the Middle East. Uh, the present is from Palestine and it's got one, Palestine's biggest actor, Saleh Bakri in it. Uh, White Eye is from Israel and White Eye has uh, Daniel Gad, who is one of Israel's biggest actors in it. They're two fabulous films. They're about very different but similar circumstances. Uh, looking at it from different perspectives, the the issue of being an outsider in society, some in one case being an immigrant, and another being uh, having to go across the border to go shopping uh, between the territories in Israel. But both stories really focus deeply on the human condition and tell very human stories and and very appealing stories. And certainly, you can't be on either side of either the issues that are raised in the two films and come away with respecting the other view. And, and I have to say, one of the great things about storytelling, and especially about shorts, is that they're about the right length to be able to tell a very descriptive and deep and meaningful story in a way that otherwise would be extremely controversial and very difficult to stomach. But after you watch these shorts, whatever side of the line you're on in the Middle East and you think about Middle East conflict, these very human stories make you a believer, a supporter in, in both of the issues that the, that the directors have raised. And they're, really they're both, and they're both rooted 
in very real life situations in, in ways that allow the filmmaker to be nuanced and to be able to bring that to the to the story. And and not only nuance, they but also to make you, the audience, laugh a little bit, be surprised, shocked, and both a little sad and a little happy about yeah. the fact that uh, the resolution is what it is and that you really are on the side of the character and pleased in both cases that these two characters have learned important life lessons just in the course of the stories. I, I, I can't tell you how... I think that the messages in these these shorts are probably much more impact than any of the features that are trying to give you big messages and stomp their feet and tell you that it's really important. I don't think they get the message across as effectively as these do. Because yeah. there's one one other film in this this batch of live action films that absolutely packs a huge punch. And that was Two Distant Strangers. It's Great movie. I don't know. What did you think, Mike? Did you enjoy? it? I loved it. I loved it. And if you were going to, you know, pin me to a, which one I would walk, (laughs) would want to see when it it takes something that we're, we've become increasingly familiar with, which is the time loop idea, right? Right. Groundhog day loopers. You know, you can name a ton of films that take us down this particular road. But this one does it in such a way it it it's jarring. It it takes you out of your comfort zone, and it really allows you to breathe in this space of creating why why we are where we are in terms of yes. uh, in terms of race relations, in terms of the police, the the dy- dynamic between the police and the African American community. It does a fantastic job. Yeah, I think it it really does, and it is probably of all of them in terms of taking a, a a very uncomfortable point and turning it into a very comfortable and interesting, uh, not not heartwarming but uplifting story. It really does that in a special way, and I think it, it and especially that it it takes on a very tough issue, and you can't walk out of the movie theater without at least sitting down in mentally sitting down with the filmmaker and going, I, I agree with you. I understand what you're trying to say. And this is, I see why this is a challenge. It is that ability that is so unusual. Let me put a little bit of background because we, we, we and yes, I have both please. seen this, but it's basically about a, uh, an African-American man who's just spent the night with a woman who is leaving the building. And this is where the, this, motif of the the time loop comes in and he's he's met outside the building by a police officer and no matter what happens over the course of the day or days um it ends badly and so it's uh and it allows you to understand because it's just close enough to what we know of other encounters that have gone south between african-americans and police that we're familiar enough with the, the way it's going to turn out, right? There's a sort of reference to Eric Gardner. There's a reference to Brianna yep. Taylor. There's a lot of references in here and it's very well acted. You know, I said, this may be my favorite. I mean, they're all, this is really such a good batch of films uh, that it's hard to just say for sure. But uh, I like the, in this, Again, I think that motif kind of for an, someone in the audience, they say, oh, I've seen this before. So it sort of gives the audience kind of an opportunity to 
settle in maybe a little more quickly than if they'd never seen a, a film like this before. And I just, I just fell in love with it. This is Trayvon Free, as, uh, as well as Martin Desmond Rowe is the director. And uh, I just loved it. Actually. Yeah, they're, they're two great guys, two great directors. Uh, and they, and a white guy and a black guy directed it together. And I think that's really why you get this synergy and understanding of both viewpoints. You know, in the end, there's one viewpoint that's picked as the, the dominant storyline, but there are plenty of moments where you understand both sides, absolutely, yeah. why they think the way they do. And the resolution goes, goes one way, but the, but the overall understanding, and that's what I think makes it such a full story. And a lot of it is that you have two guys from very different backgrounds, different ethnicities, but, but different, clearly different life experiences. And they put them together into one exactly. movie. So I think that that's a very interesting thing about the way this, this particular film was made. It's a, and as you said, these five films are some of the best entertainment in Hollywood this year. What I think is important about these five films and many, all of the films in some way or another that are dealing with kind of social or cultural issues is I'm, I'm sort of fixated on this idea of acknowledgement. We're never going yeah. to get past so, so much of what we are dealing with in our culture and our politics and in our world until we get to a point where we can acknowledge that some, some certain basic set of facts are, are true. And then we can start yes. to begin to get past it by acknowledging that this happened. Yes, yes exactly. That it happened. And also uh, that it's, I, it, it's not just acknowledgement, but it's, or it's not just the fact that it happened, acknowledging the fact, but acknowledging what it, what it caused on the other side. Yeah. Right. It's um, giving validity. It's, 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 it's a very old value that we, when I was young, used to call respect. There, uh, there you go. And it's just giving respect to the other person that you would into a human being. And that's really what these stories do. They show that uh, these deep, difficult issues really boil down in many cases to either the need to give more respect or just the lack of exactly. respect. Let's go to documentary. So I'm going to start with uh, Colette, which is uh, I'll quickly the backstory is a 90-year-old woman named Colette Morin Catherine, and she's one of the last surviving members of the French Resistance. This is one of those facts of life. We're now at a point where anyone who was a, was basically cognitive during World War II is not going to be with us a whole lot longer. And she's 90 years old. And she yeah. and her brother and her family were part of the resistance. Fun fact in the film that only about 1% of the French were active in the French resistance. However, that doesn't, that doesn't in any way disparage the resistance on the part of the French people. But I just thought it, it sort of distills down just how dedicated these people were. And this yeah. woman, this young girl who is part of a, a museum, an artifact, uh, archival um, project to document the people who lost their lives. Um, she meets up with Colette and she takes, she, the two of them go to Germany to revisit their, their, her experiences there. It's a very powerful film and I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was very powerful. I loved it and it's a very uh, unusual film because what we're really celebrating is this minority of French men and women who fought 
throughout the war whose families were, who lost members of their family because they were not just because uh, they were fighting the war, but because they were actually part of the resistance during the war. And, uh, and that, that does make it quite powerful. She's a very lovely, lovely individual, I think. Very powerful. And, and Colette, Marin Catherine does not go quietly into that good night either. She is, <laughs> she is, uh, she is a, she's a pistol, and she has every right to be to to own the uh, the emotions and her feelings. And I love the way that uh, that she was who she was, and I love the the development of that relationship between herself and and Lucy, the young Lucy, girl. Yeah, yeah, Lucy. Thank you, and I uh, love that, especially as we get near the end of it. There's a moment I, when, they're, when they're out on a bench and there's this just beautiful, just absolutely spectacular part of the film. That last, at the very last moment is, is very special. I think it's a lovely film. The, uh, I wanted, there are some very humorous parts. Uh, I love the fact that she was, she hated going to Germany, refused to go to Germany her entire life. And when she went through Germany, she refused to look out the window. She wouldn't look out. She wouldn't see. She wouldn't even, uh, for one second, she just refused. And, and you can understand how about a con- concerto is a conversation. Uh, uh, this is a beautiful film about two, about two beautiful human beings. Um, you want to Chris Bowers and his, his uh, grandfather, Horace Bowers. It's yeah. a beautiful film. And Chris is an accomplished uh, composer. He wrote uh, the, the score to the green book. He's, he's an amazing musician and he, yeah. he wants to, he, we sit down with him and his, and his, his grandfather. And I think that the, the amazing part was, here's a little, you know, they show pictures of him when he was a kid, a little fat kid who kind of could play music. And his grandfather, who is a very hardworking guy who had uh, set up a, a very successful business, but he came up as a very poor guy from the South and started a laundry business, really a, a dry cleaning business, very successful. And his young fat grandson overindulged. He really took him under his wing and the guy liked music. I'm an entrepreneur and you can imagine, you know, the thing you want most is your kid to want to do your business. And it's very hard to get out of your own business and think, okay, my fat little kid, I'm going to really get behind. And he really, the grandfather is amazing and gets behind this little kid and helps him really become something amazing. I mean, the, the guy is now, of course, not fat. He's very handsome. He's <laughs> tall, big, you know, it's all the things that happen to kids, but it makes it a great story. The, that just business of growing up and being loved unreservedly by a, somebody important in your life is really special. Yeah, we, I think I mentioned African-American man, Horace uh, Bowers came up through the Jim Crow South and his story about coming from there to Los Angeles is pretty remarkable. There's just Amazing. so many remarkable things about it, who now has has a retail square named after himself because of his lifelong devotion to Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, it's just terrific stuff. I This Great is where story. we... Yeah, this is where we get to the more political part of the of the conversation. Uh, I would let's talk about Anders Hammer uh, and his film "Do Not Split." It is about the Hong Kong protest against the Chinese crackdown, sort of the Chinese uh, government's attempt to bring what they call order to Hong Kong. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that one. One of the things that is most interesting about the docs, the short docs, is that you get very intense 
and different stories. So you go from a story about uh, an elderly woman making the pilgrimage of her life to a, a young kid coming up and growing up to be a great composer to this. You know, and we've all seen what's happening in Hong Kong on the news. I did not have any idea that it was like this and that there, it, you kind of think, okay, so they're protesting in Hong Kong. They're protesting practically everywhere these days. It's not a big deal, but actually this was huge protest. They were getting killed some and definitely very brutal kind of trench warfare, very uh, frightening, very up close and personal with the students. I, I thought it was one of the best looks at the news yeah. that I've seen in a long time, you know, just kind of pulling the curtain back behind from the news and seeing what's really uh really important. Uh, well, we get it. to hang out with some of those protesters and and this this is you can you can feel the immense power of a, co a country like China. You can feel that closing in around them and how yeah. sort of methodical it is and how Anders Hammer does a fantastic job of embedding himself with this group of protesters and really gaining their trust. And then the creativity of the protesters in terms of going, trying to fight against this creeping authoritarianism. It really, it really gives you a new perspective on what's happening in China. It's, it's quite frightening, frankly, but it's a great movie. And if you go from that, from Do Not Split to Hunger Ward, which is a heart-wrenching unbelievable but fabulously made documentary by sky fitzgerald who also made a documentary year last year or the year before that was, was not two years ago lifeboat lifeboat he's an amazing documentarian this is also amazing heart-rending young children dying of malnutrition because of the war that's going on in yemen and it takes a personal look do not split really takes kind of behind the news headline part but this goes into some very personal stories about little kids who are dying, suffering from malnutrition because of the war. It really helps us personalize and understand a couple of headlines because Yemen is not the most heavily covered topic of our days here in England. And I'm sure it's the same in Los Angeles, but it is absolutely heart-wrenching an amazing story. What what did you think? Uh, this is the one, I mean, I got emotional over a lot of the films that we're talking about today. I mean, really, this one just hit me like a ton of bricks to mm. watch those young, those young girls. Literally, I had to stop the interview. I interviewed Sky. I had to stop. Yeah, this really, this really affected me. And he also did an, another one. This is kind of, I believe he would call it the, the third of a trilogy, 50 feet from Syria. So he's lived in this area, really gotten to know it and um, the Middle East. And this is North Africa. But wow, I, I just, I, I even talking about it now, it's hard for me to do, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. So uh, I, it was a fabulously made film. Very, very difficult to watch. But but kind of you can't take your your eyes off of it either. It's a, just amazing. I totally agree. And in, in addition to the the starvation that's occurring to these young people, we get a chance to spend some time with a doctor and a nurse who are going through this as well. And their their ability to just get out of bed every day and do this is remarkable. But also to see the empathy and to see the care and all of those things that go along. It's, yeah. it's, it's really good. And uh, Sky has not yet won uh, for, for Lifeboat or 50 Feet from Stardom, but I certainly hope that he breaks through on this one. He's earned it. <laughs> He's a hard worker. It's an it's yeah. amazing story.
That well, and let's point. let's end on something that doesn't start out well, but there's some there's a lot of positivity oh, in this one. A love song for Latasha. What would you like to talk about? Uh, I think it, Latasha, love song for Latasha, a very sad but hopeful story yes. about a young girl who who just was good and kind and and a good friend and is killed in shootings in Los Angeles inadvertently. I'm sorry to interrupt, Carter, but the interesting thing about this is this is part of a, a huge story that we all know about, the 1992 riots in Los Angeles, yes. right after the Rodney King uh, trial was over. This was the event that sort of was a pr uh, precursor to what was going to happen because she was shot. Latasha Harlins was shot by uh, the uh, someone who worked in one of those convenience liquor stores yes. in, in South Central. And this is what sort of set in motion once again for the African-American community in Los Angeles, the idea that justice was not serving them. Right. And that from there it led into it, it, this it, it, and you see it all its glory and you see what a wonderful human being Latasha was, how wise yeah. she was for her age at the point in her life and how she yeah. impact, impacted and affected so many people. Yes. And, you know, and that really was for me, I'm, uh, of course, have been to Los Angeles a lot. We have an office there, but I didn't live in Los Angeles and I certainly wasn't there then. And so a lot of those references probably I missed, but I thought the beauty of the story for me was the idea that each of us, even if we live a very short life, can have huge impacts that we don't even really know that we're having. And this young girl in the midst of all the tragedy, what this story does is really go behind this shooting and the fact that she was a tragedy, right? Yeah. Into the fact that actually she was a lovely, amazing, and a great person. And, and yes, it was a tragedy, but she made a real impact on a lot of people's lives, even in the short, short time she had. So I, I, I took away probably a lesson that maybe the filmmaker didn't intend, but just that our lives are not measured in years, but in the way we affect the people around us. Amen to that. And um, there, and it's also, it's beautifully shot. This is one of my favorite yeah. films in terms of the look of it. I thought, and it, it's creative. It's sort of a, a hybrid of, you know, anim, some animation, some other things that are going on, some reenactments even. And right. it, for me, is the one that's most of the, of the documentaries, the most cinematic looking of all the films. So. Yes, I think it's it's quite a great piece, uh, quite brave. The technique is quite brave. And they really took this time to blend a bit of animation with the story. It And it, you know, sometimes we've seen some of these that have tried that before, and sometimes it doesn't really work. And this time it really did work. It makes the, the piece very interesting. And and really it's a lovely tribute. If you can think of, of, uh, of that, I think it's a very lovely tribute to this young lady. Uh, the, the director is Sophia Nali Allison, and yes. she she also shot the film, edited the film. This was really a um, one-man band, one-person <laughs> operation, so to speak. She did yeah. a wonderful job. So, well, let's go to what, uh, for a lot of people, are, are the most fun films, and I think this year is no exception, the animated films. I loved so many of them. Let's start with Burrow. Uh, now, this is the thing with animation before we get too far into this. Every year, as much animation as I've seen in my life, 
they always manage to come up with something that looks different than anything I've ever seen. Exactly. There's no exception. <laughs> I think that's exactly true. Bur but Burrow is something that we have seen. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Burrow is a Disney film. Pi sorry, Pixar Spark Shorts film. And it's a lovely story of a bunny, a little bunny who wants to make his little burrow, his house, digs down and finds out that, of course, underground, there are armies of people everywhere, right, left and center. And, the, you know, in every place he digs, he lands in somebody else's house. And it makes it a very, very fun story till he creates a bit of a disaster <laughs> and has to figure out how to solve that problem. And, and what I love about animation is the way that when they want to, they can tie it all up yes. and make you feel just so happy about life. And this exactly. is, Burrow is one of those that makes you really finish with just a, ah, that was great. Great movie. And also it, it slyly kind of lets you in on the idea that the, in the ground, there are many different forms of life that inhabit the world under our feet. And I thought yeah. that the way that that I did that was, I loved it. And, and it's very interesting. This was made by a young, uh, young animator, even though they're from Pixar, you know, it's a kind of a first time director, first time producer. So it is, even when you think about the sweep, you go to the films, watch them, this is Pixar and, and the name Pixar uh, pops up. You think, oh my gosh, this one is made by the big guys, the big bucks. It's not really that way. Pixar sets aside a little bit of money and a little bit of resources and lets young filmmakers internally have a shot for a couple months at making a short. But it's, a, it's an attempt at, at giving filmmakers a chance, young filmmakers without experience, a chance to direct an animation. So that really is a thing that is great that I think Pixar, every studio should do that, but Pixar does particularly well. And we have seen a few of those nominated for for Academy yes. Awards. We've seen some very good work come out of that. This sort of a, uh, in, not an internship, but a sort of a mentoring kind of situation. Right? Because a lot of these animators yeah. will sort of look in and see what they're doing and sort of lend advice and and, and help as well. And so. even help animate and yep. uh, help them, you know, be on their brain trust. So it's a great, it's an amazing training opportunity. So Burrow, I thought Burrow is just a great story. And it's great that it was a young filmmaker, first uh, first film out of the gate. The uh, There are two other films. So there's, there are some amazing films, but there are two interesting films in terms of technique. In this yes. Uh, and I'll just start with the first one, because I think the second one, it uh, is particularly noteworthy. But this, the first one is very interesting. It's called Genius Lochi. It's a French film made by a, a, a very talented French director. And she has done this film all by herself. She's directed it. She's written it. I think she had a bit of help with the animation, but most of it, almost 90% is hers. And it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. It's a very interesting story. It's quite deep. You have to, I had to, you know, being a boy from Indiana, I had to watch it at least three times to get the story. But I, but I loved it. There's a lot of symbolism, a yes. lot of uh, beautiful co coloring and yes. artistic uh, design. Uh, but it's a great story. I, I, I enjoyed it very much. And, and you? I did. I, I think I liked the animation. I, maybe I need to watch it another time because I love the animation. I thought it was yeah. so amazingly creative. It, it really is truly, it, it draws you into, it creates a, a world and draws you right into it. 
I think that they do care. The characters become animals and animals become characters and they go back and forth. And I think at, there is a, there are some places at least where I was confused the first time I watched about who was what and what they really were, but that's because I'm easily confused, but it, it's a, a lovely story about yeah. uh, friendship, about the importance of family and, and kind of what that means. Yeah. And they do tie it up at the end in the spirit world, sort of, you know, the thing that they're they're that the film seems to, like you said, is, is about the other interesting animation one. I'm not, I want to make sure, or which one are you talking? I'm, I would say, have to say it's a, a, a film that was made as an installation that hasn't been released yet called opera. I love that. (laughs) And opera is by a guy named Eric O. Yes, And Eric did this, uh, Eric is uh, from Seoul, but he lives in California and he used to work at Pixar. After Pixar, he went to work and was the lead animator on a film called uh, Dam Keeper. He was the lead animator on the Dam Keeper. And he is a very talented, very amazing guy. And he has done this. And what did you think of this? Well, and I did love the Dam Keeper, by the way. I really did. Yes, I remember it, uh, it. I remember it. Yeah. What I love about it is you're not sure what you're watching right away. You really, it's about eight minutes, a little over eight minutes long. Yeah. And once you figure out, okay, this is what it's, what it is, the sort of the, the presentation of it, then yeah. you can spend the rest of your life figuring out what's going on in each one of those little boxes. It, 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 I imagine this is a film that you could watch over and over because it's, it, I don't want to, it's, there's a pyramid that's, yes. that's, that is the format in some ways of telling the story. What I like about these kinds of films, and this is certainly one of them, where you may not understand it right away, but that's okay. If you love film, you'll, you'll hang in yes. there. And as you go th- along, you realize, oh, I think I'm getting it. And then by the time you get to the end, you say, okay. To say I understand is, a, is too broad of a statement, but at least I get what he's trying to do here in some way. Yes, exactly. And I thought it was very interesting. Now, I took it. It's a little bit of, it's definitely a film. It's also a game, almost, kind of. Yes. And it, it bleeds over even into uh, where in the world is Waldo? You know, that kind of uh, thousands of characters all over right. doing different kinds of things. And and I think it's, uh, I've never met anyone that is not absolutely fascinated by it. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's, it's supposed to be a huge installation in Korea uh, in May. And one of the things that I think is particularly interesting about this film is if you think about where it was made, and that is in South Korea, don't know, I haven't talked to Eric, but I think it, it, it seems to be telling a story of antagonism of people who live and work together, but there's a huge antagonism and they fight and then it resets. And it's a very big story about mankind, I think. Yes, that's how I it's think. Just, and I think it's about Korea. And I think it's about, it's amazing, interesting. This is one of the films that if you're going to see the Oscar animated shorts more than once, this will be one of the ones that yeah. drives you to do that. It's Great. one of the most revolutionary films we've seen in a long time in animation. And I, I'm going to run with that that idea that you just uh, put forward. And that is when I got to the end of it and then I went back and watched it again, I, I thought this is kind of a, an, an animated explanation of civilization 
right? Yes. People mm-hmm. at the very begin uh, at the very bottom, but you don't know that. Right? I just want I don't want to yes. say too much, but you yes. you can see all the compartments. Oh, that's religion. Oh, that's government. Oh, that's yes. You know, that's these different parts industry of industry and industry. Yes. Exactly. I agree with what you're saying. It is a. Uh, it's just remarkable. It's a remarkable it's rem- piece of work. It's a m- remarkable, and it has you know a bit of humor. Yes. The, the whale. Uh, yes. was uh, made me laugh quite a bit. I so I think that, and it's one of those kind of films that uh, that is an experience as much as it is a story. Yes, I agree. I agree. So, I, I want to be careful how I say this because it will sound more negative than I intend. It's not a film that necessarily grabs your emotions as much as it grabs your curiosity. Yes, and absolutely. to try it and then figure it out. And then as you go along, you're realizing, I, I think I'm getting it. And then this sort of sense of discovery of watching this film that I don't, don't you know, in, in a way that's a little bit different than normal. Yes, exactly. So I, I you have, and then you go back and watch it and think, okay, could that be the right way? Is that what's really happening? Yeah. Because, yeah. and then you've watched it three times. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to go to If Anything Happens, I Love You, which is another kind of deeply emotional. This is a film that I had a hard time holding it together. And it's it's yeah. only about eight minutes long as well. And I could barely get to the end of this thing. Maybe it was 12 minutes. But this is it's not, not in it's a bad an, way. That came out wrong. But I mean, it's but it's an amazing film. It yeah. was uh, Netflix picked it up. It was the number one film on net, Netflix recently. It tells the story of a parent who have gone through the loss of their daughter and how they fight through that and how she was uh, was killed and that's a it's is for any parent it is heart stopping i have to say this little movie and it's done by will mccormick and michael govier and it is a very beautifully told story yes. uh, amazingly directed the producer is a woman named marianne garger marianne was very fun we were talking and she explained that this story got so many no's along the way. They they wrote it. They tried to get people to to get interested. They cut everything down to the smallest budget possible. They just wanted to get it made. They worked with some young students just out of Cal Arts to get it made. And she said, "Now it's easy to see that all those people who said no, they were right." And she she said something that I've never heard before, and I loved. She said, you have to lean into your nose. There you go. <laughs> if people you come, go. She said, they were all meant to be. Everyone that says you can't have money, you can't have this, you can't do that. Lean into the nose because that's the only way you'll get a great product off the ground. That is fantastic. And it is, it's, this animation is sparse. It's, uh, it's almost uh, ethereal. and Haunting. Haunting. There you go. And and the way that they're able to evoke these incredibly deeply tragic emotions and the dynamic between the two parents uh, having to, to go through the loss oh, that they go through. It's completely yeah. it, it brings all of that to a, a level of understanding how incredibly difficult it would be to see what happened and to live through what happened with their daughter. And then yeah. and come out on the other side of it. It's great. It's another film that takes on a very thorny, difficult, yes. polarized issue. Tells an amazing story about it, 
and no one can disagree about the outcome or the story or the feeling that you have exactly. and that none of us want this kind of thing to be the life of our children. Exactly. It, it's in the notes, it says an elegy on grief. And that is truly what it is. It's absolutely uh, heartrending. You mentioned uh, Michael Govier and Will McCormick. And to yeah. the one that if, if this doesn't amuse you, if this doesn't make you laugh and feel good and all the rest of it, yeah, I don't know what to tell you because it's, I won't try. I won't try to say it in its native Norwegian or or Swedish, whatever it is. But it's called "Yes People" to us people in the West. This was so funny and so enjoyable. It's such, and I love the animation. We've we've kind of seen this animation before, but it is it's just a great high note. To, to, it's uh, a uh, hilarious note. Whatever, whatever it is, it is hilarious, and you can't help, you know, a great laugh in animation, especially because so many others are quite serious uh, or artistically interesting. And then this one is just a belly laugh. It's a great, <laughs> hilarious movie, and I, I have to say, so many of my colleagues in the in the branch. Uh, and, and you can, you know, when you're voting for the best five films, there's so many different considerations because they're all so, so good. But a laugh, a, a, a film that makes everybody who watches it laugh out loud almost always gets nominated. It's just, you know, such a hard thing to get that to work. Yeah, and I love I love the characters. You know, oh, they're they're, they're very fabulous generations of you know what normal people look like. But I just thought the way it just everything about it it sets up the comedy and for and it's so under I hate to say understated because that's really not the right word, but it is it is it's funny. But but that's part of the charm and the fun. Yeah, and about exactly. the only yeah, and about the only dialogue in the film is jaw. Yes. <laughs> yes, which is yes, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hear jaw, jaw. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yes. what a great, what a great, what a great lineup, uh, Carter Pilcher for this year. And let me say once again, people want to find out how they can watch this, these amazing films. They can brick and mortar it starting today, Friday, April second. Right, also, absolutely. And we go hope ahead. they you will. Run down, you run it down for us. Well, I think I think this this group of films you need to go to the go see it in the theater because it's big if you can, and then you're going to be you're going to need to rent uh, several of them just to watch them again. I, if you if you're like me, you'll have seen opera at least ten times before the Academy Awards happen. <laughs> okay, and then and I think probably we should ask your viewers yes. to post their their uh, interpretation of genius loci. They should yeah. just write out what they think it is that happened and have a, we need to have a bit of a debate about what we think, we audiences think actually happened. I love that idea. I love that idea. And so there is there is the brick and mortar go here in Los Angeles. Some of the Lemleys sound like they're going to be open. There's going to be other opportunities as well. Right. They also have the virtual option at the Lemleys and Alamo Draft House. And there's a, you look on, go and check it out. Well, we can start, I believe, by going to shorts.tv and at least. Yes, give exactly. Some and shorts.tv will tell you exactly where to go or go look up Oscar Shorts. Carter Pilcher, this is my favorite interview all year, and I certainly thank always, you. always, always look forward to our conversation. So thank you, Carter Pilcher. 
Thank you, Mike. And I, I'm sorry I won't be in LA this year, but I look forward to seeing you soon. And I hope we'll get all be out of this pandemic business as quick as possible. And and you know what? Films will help us feel Absolutely. better about ourselves moving forward and all that stuff. So Carter Pilcher, the founder, CEO of Shorts International, as well as Shorts TV in conjunction with AMC, I believe. You're, are you still yeah. in a partnership with them? Yes, exactly. Check out shorts.tv because there's so many things and so many films that will it's a gateway to uh, a gateway drug for your for your cinematic <laughs> for your cinematic uh, you know habit. So if you have, especially if you don't have an attention span like me, <laughs> <laughs> you know when uh, when you can only concentrate for ten minutes, the, that's where I am. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 